Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want a plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. This is episode number 11, part three of a four-part series that Larry has been doing on the Social Security Conundrum. Today, we're going to talk about the Social Security innovative ways. So these are innovative ways for coordinating benefits with your spouse. Larry, before we really dive deeply into this, because we're going to get deep today, everybody, Tell us a little bit about what podcast number two, the second part of this four-part series was, and then I think you have a couple of disclaimers that you might want to use for our listeners today. I'm just going to put some key points from podcast number two as a backdrop as before we go into the innovative ways of coordinating benefits with your spouse. And like Matt said, probably should take some time and get a pen and piece of paper because I am going to go into some numbers and you may want to write some of these things down so you can refer to them at a later date. That being said, let me just check off a couple of the key points to remember from podcast two that you need to know before we kind of go into the spousal benefits. And the first thing is, is the full retirement age. And just remember the age is which you apply for full unreduced social security benefits. For some people, that's going to be 67 if you were born in 1960 or later. For others, it'll be 66 and continuing as you get older. So that is the the first thing is the full retirement age. And if you decide you want to claim before the full retirement age, you actually will lower your benefit. And this is called the actuarial reduction. And claiming after this age, claiming after your normal retirement age, a full retirement age, was we call kind of delayed retirement credit. So we're going to talk a little bit about and focus on that when we go into the spousal benefits, taking it before retirement age and after retirement age. And some of the consequences of taking it before retirement age is if you take it at, let's say, 62, you may be giving up 20, 20, 25 or 30% of your benefits, depending upon how old you are. And if you wait until you're age 70, you're actually going to get it earn 8% annual credits by delaying your benefit from normal retirement age to age 70. And again, that those are the key factors that are going right, to talk about. I want, I want to touch on that just very quickly. Can you dive into that? What is a delay? Delayed credit. I heard you say that an 8% sounds intriguing, but then you add delayed credit. Can you explain what that means, please? So basically, delayed credit is you're delaying your Social Security from your normal retirement age. So if your normal retirement age is 66 and you wait until 67, your Social Security benefit is going to be 108% of your what's called your PIA, which is your personal insurance amount at normal retirement age. If you wait until your age 66, now it's 116%. If you wait till you're 70, you're going to collect 132% of your normal retirement age. So that's why delayed credits, you're delaying and you're getting credits on your social security for delay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. All right. Thank you very much for that clarification. Let's keep going. So the other key to remember is the cost of living adjustment. As we now live longer, the the benefits that you're going to receive are going to be adjusted by COLA, you know, cost of living adjustments. Um, And they haven't been that great the last few years, but they just came out with 2018 
and 2018's COLA is 2%. Just to give you an idea, over a 75-year horizon, the average COLA was 2.6%. So one of the things you want to look at is between delaying your credits and the cost of living adjustments and you're living longer, that's a big pot of money. And we're going to talk about some numbers on some of those pots of money in a, in a few minutes. And just you know, a few points to remember. You know, when you do go to apply for Social Security, you have to re- keep in mind, this is a very complex decision and analysis to make, and it, re- it really requires a customized analysis. Every person is different. So you really want to spend time and make sure that you're making the right decisions when you select your Social Security, because there is no going back. So some of the key points to, to keep in mind is if you apply early, your benefits will start lower and they'll stay lower. The cost of living adjustments magnify the amount of early or delayed claiming. The longer you live, the more beneficial it is to delay your benefits. And, which is what we're going to lead right into, decisions impact your survivor benefits as well. You can't just look at your benefits in a silo because if you make a decision just on your life, it's really not sometimes the best interest of you as a family. So you need to take into consideration your health status, your life expectancy, income needs, and overall retirement plans into account and customize your analysis, what works for you and works what works for you and your spouse. So All why right. don't we move on? We yeah, can- yeah, yeah. Keep keep going. I'm sorry. I, I'm just, uh, okay. I'm still processing everything that you're saying here. So not only I hope ever all of our listeners have that pen and pencil, uh, but I'm actually writing some stuff down too, which are going to end up with some follow-up questions, but I'd like, for, you're flowing. So I'd like you to keep going on this if that's all right. That's fine. So I was just going to move right into spousal benefits. So what is a spousal benefit? So your spouse may claim benefits based upon your earnings record. And the question is, when is this smart to do and how is it done? So here are the rules for spousal benefits. The spousal benefits will equal 50% of the worker's PIA, the primary insurance amount, if spouse applies at their normal retirement age. We're going to go through an example in a few minutes. So the other rules is the primary worker must have filed for benefits in order to apply for spousal benefits. In other words, if the primary worker is not yet filed for spousal benefits, even if the spouse is of retirement age, they can file for spousal benefits. The spouse must be at least 62 for reduced benefits or FRA for full benefits. And there is no delayed credits on a spousal benefit. That's only for a worker's benefit. And for the most part, you can only receive a spousal benefit if it's greater than the benefits available on your own record. If your benefits are greater than the spousal benefits, you, you're not going to take the spousal benefits. There is one exception that still applies when the government changed the laws back in 2015. And we're going to go through that. We're going to go through that exception. So let's go into the calculation of a spousal benefit. We try to keep it simple. I'm going to use some names. So like I said, the spousal benefit is 50% of the primary worker's PIA. So if Jack's PIA is 2000, and Jill's PIA is 800. If Jill applies at her normal retirement benefit, a normal retirement age, her benefit is going to be 1,000, which is 50% of Jack's. And since the 1,000 is greater than the 800, it's going to be beneficial for her to take the spousal benefit. If the spouse own benefit is higher, for example, if Jack's primary insurance amount is 2000 and Jill's was 1500 then 50% of Jack's is 1000 and since Jill is 
1500 she's going to have to take her own benefit. She can't take a spousal benefit except for the one exception. And let's kind of go into that exception. <laughs> yeah, yeah, except for the one exception. All right, I, I'm ready to go. Keep going. Math is starting to make sense here. Okay. So prior to 2015, there were a lot of different strategies where you could take spousal benefits and then change and go and take advantage of some, what I call some free money. So the government has basically gotten rid of that, except if your spouse was over 62 at the end of 2015, a spouse may file a restricted application for a spousal benefit. What does this mean? This allows a spouse to receive a spousal benefit even if own even if their own benefit is higher. Like I said before, now you have to take who's your own benefit if it's higher. So the spouse can receive well, a person can receive 50% of a spouse's primary insured amount while their own benefit now builds the delayed credits to age 70. And you must be a full retirement age to file restricted applications. So I'm going to go through a client story that literally this just happened a few weeks ago. So I'm going to, I'm basically going to call him Jack and Jill again. So Jack was 65. His wife, Jill, happened to have been older than her, 66 and a half. Jack's PIA was 2520 and Jill's PIA was 1100. So at 65, Jack wasn't yet eligible. Jill was eligible at 66 and a half. So what we did was Jill claimed her own benefit at age 66 and Jack claimed on Jill's benefit at age 66. Now, why was he able to do this? It's because he was 62 before 2015. And it went even one step further because these clients, they had come to us and they basically told us we're waiting to age 70 because they had heard about the delayed credits and they wanted to wait to age 70. So I said, that's terrific, but you also are eligible under this exception. So they did not have any idea. So when we showed them that they were going to be able to collect under the exception, they're going to be able to get some free money from age 66 to all the way to age 70. And since Jill was early 66 and a half years old and her full retirement age was 66, we were able to go one step further and go back six months and tell Social Security, we want a lump sum for the six months just as she would have applied at her full retirement age of 66. So not only are they getting free money from 66 to 70, from 66 and a half, the 70, we, they were able to get another six months. That's as lo- far back as you can go with Social Security. They had changed the rules a few years ago, and you could have gone collected Social Security and changed your mind years back and paid back Social Security. But you no longer can do that. You can only go back six months. So that's why it's very important to not let time go by and make that decision. And then at age 70, so when Jack turned age 70, he was able to then collect on his own benefits. And when Jill turned age 71, because that's Jack's 70, she was able to switch to Jack's benefits. So what were they able to do? They were both able to get the delayed credits to age 70 or all the time collecting some other benefits from age 66 to age 70 or what I like to call some free money. Now, remember, this was only available if you were 62 at the end of 2015. And then really the next step was when Jack was at age 70, He was going to switch to his own benefits. And when Jill was age 71, because she's older than Jack, so when Jack got to age 70, she was 71, 
she was going to switch to spousal benefits. So they were able to get the best of both worlds. They got free money for a few years. And then at age 70, they both got their delayed grants. So again, this is an exception and only applies to people that were the spouse was 62 at the end of 2015. But it, it's something that a lot of people don't even aren't even aware that happens. That if they waited to age 70 and then went into Social Security, it'd be too late. So that's a great example of this exception story. But of course, not everybody is over 62 in 2015. So what are the other ways and what are the other strategies that you can look at? The kind of fits for better for you. And we call them a different, these different strategies. One is kind of the maximum strategy. Uh, and this strategy usually comes into play where the lower earning spouse's primary insurance amount is more than 50% of the higher earning spouse's amount. So in this case, if that's the case, we usually like to see that both spouses delayed age 70. Again, this is if you're not 62 by 2015. What you're going to be able to do is maximize your lifetime benefits over your longer life expectancies. So let me just give you some more numbers and, and talk about this a little bit. And what do I mean by maximizing over your life expectancy? So nobody knows how long they're going to live. So I'm just going to use an example. And I'm going to say, Bob is currently 66 and he's going to live to 85. And Betty is 63 and she's going to live to 95. It seems like the women are going to outlive the men. So Bob's PIA is 2600 and Betty's PIA is 18. So when should they claim Social Security? So just to give you an example, if they both claimed at the earliest possible age right now, Betty is 63 and Bob is 66. Over their lifetime, again, when Bob dies, Betty is going to now be able to collect on his. So let me just back up a second. So when one spouse passes away, the surviving spouse gets to keep one of the Social Securities, not both of them. They will you know, they'll either keep your own or your spouse's, whatever is larger. So in this instance, since Bob's was larger, Betty would then just have her, his Social Security from age 85 to 95. So when we look at this numbers, what does that mean versus both of them waiting to age 70? Well, over their lifetimes, if they were to collect Social Security, Bob and, at the earliest ages, Bob and Betty would collect $2 million of Social Security. If they waited to age 70, they would collect over $2.5 million in Social Security. That's $500,000 more over their lifetime. For waiting, what, how many years? Eight years? They're waiting on his life. They were waiting four, four years. years okay. On her life, they were waiting seven years. Seven. Wow. That's a huge difference. Goodness gracious. Yeah. So people say, well, the, when is the break-even point? And yes, we have to spend some other assets down. But even if you do those calculations, they you, you still be way, way ahead of the game by waiting to age 70 if you would live that, you know, live that long. And all it takes is for one of the two spouses to live that long. So that is a, a very, very large number because at age 85, the difference being Bob, Bob passes away at 85. Betty, if she collected earliest at the earliest when Bob was 65, her benefit would be $52,000 a year versus if they waited to age 70, her benefit would be $68,000 a year. And that takes in Kohler effect as well. That's the strategy 
where the PIA is going to be higher um, is more than 50% of the higher earning spouse. What happens if the PIA is less than 50% of the, of the higher earnings spouse? So now this is a different strategy. So now we call this the hybrid strategy where the lower earning spouse is going to claim earlier and the higher earning spouse is going to claim at 870. So this is going to generate some income sooner, but it's also going to maximize the higher earning spouses over both of the lifetimes because the higher earning spouse is still waiting to 870. So let's look at another example. Hopefully you got some more pen and paper, more paper there. So I'm going to give you some more numbers. To <laughs> yeah, write they there. might want to sharpen their pencils at this point, but keep going. This is cool. So I'm not going to use Mike and Mary. Mike and Mary are both 62 and Mike's PIA is 2,600 and Mary's PIA is 800. So Mary's spousal benefit, remember 50% of 2,600 is 1,300. So her spousal benefit of 1,300 is greater than our own benefit of 800. Again, we're going to use life expectancy of 85 for Mike and 95 for 95 for Mary. So You've got a couple of different options here. Mike and Mary take their earliest benefits. In other words, if they both claim at age 62, they will cumulative benefits will be about a million six. If Mike and Mary both wait until their age 70, their lifetime benefits are going to be a little over $2.2 million. And then the third option here is we call it a hybrid strategy where now Mary is going to collect at age 62 on her own on the spousal benefits, and Mike is going to collect at age 70. Now that pot of money is going to be a little over $2.2 million, slightly less than the maximum benefit of age 70, but almost exactly the same. And they would have collected income for eight years from when Mary was 62 until Mary was 70. So if you do need some income and the spousal benefit, the PIA for the spouse is going to be less than 50% of the primary worker, that's another strategy. Of course, there's other factors built in in there. There's still at 62, you still have the earnings test that may apply if one spouse is working. So there are other things that you have to factor in. So I would not just say this is a 100% fast rule. You've got to keep the other the other factors involved. Larry, I've heard a lot of financial services professionals say that they have a calculator on their website, or there are many people who are listening who have probably thought that this is something that they can just go to an advisor's website or maybe even the social security website and type in a couple of numbers and make the decision on when they need to take social security. This is way more in depth than that. Could people get themselves in trouble by just plugging and chugging numbers and not have a conversation? Because there's even one, there's one more spousal benefit we haven't even gotten to yet. But pausing here between those two strategies, your maximum strategy and your hybrid strategy, can people do this on their own, Larry? I mean, it sure doesn't sound like they can. You're doing some heavy math here, dude. Yeah, well, well there, are, there are definitely calculators that you can go online there, but you don't want to do this on your own. And that kind of leads us into the podcast four. We're going to talk about a a couple different things in podcast four. Okay. But one of the things in podcast four is coordinating your social security with other income and that by delaying it to age 70, there is some other benefits that you can, you know, you can get by coordinating with other income. I don't want to spill the beans. That'll be a part of the, the podcast four. So yeah, I mean, our calculators are very sophisticated and spit out nice, easy 
comparisons mm -hmm. and a lot of the calculators are online are not don't coordinate the spousal benefits in there they're just looking at the break even mm -hmm. and that's the hardest thing to for people to realize is well I'm I'm going to take it at 66 because if I wait to 70 my break even is going to be 11 years or 14 years and I'll be 80 years old and I'd rather have the money earlier and so I don't know if I'm going to live much longer so I'm going to take it at 66 mm -hmm. and if you just do it on that one calculator, you're missing the whole advantages of the spousal benefits and planning for both spouses. Mm, okay. What else you got for us, Larry? Uh, well, that's really that's really it for you know for for today. I, I mean, next time, the last podcast, I'm going to cover two topics, two different topics in the last podcast. The first one is really covering divorce and survivor benefits because okay. there are a whole set of rules for both of those. And then, like I said before, we're also going to coordinate and show you how you can coordinate your spouse, your Social Security with your other benefits and possibly save a lot of money on taxes. Okay. Huh. Well, this was part three of the four part series of the Social Security conundrum. We talked today about innovative ways for coordinating benefits with your spouse. Larry, a lot of math here today, but a lot of really good information. Thank you very much for your thought leadership. And if you have not subscribed you, to the Matt. Yeah, and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure that you click the subscribe now button below because that way every time Larry comes out with a new podcast, it will show up directly on your listening device. Thank you very much, Larry. Thank you, Matt. And we'll see you guys very very soon for part 4 of the Social Security Conundrum.